Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Slayer Talk. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. <laughs> Hello, everyone. That was half of an impression. Oh, goodness. Quarter of an impression today. Just can't get it up for us today. Huh? Oh, my God. Is that what you think of me? <laughs> Well, welcome at, back to Slayer Talk, everyone. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my finance, Carol. Finance? Oh, I spelled the script wrong. Fiance, Carol. He is fucking with you because we don't use scripts here. Come on now. Yep. It's all off the cuff here. It's all on a teleprompter. We don't put that much effort in. Right. How are you, Carol? I'm good. How are you? Hey, what's up? There you go. <laughs> I know that's what you're waiting for. <laughs> you talking about getting it up. You're not getting it up. Uh, it's Get, not getting enough? Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be less busy soon. It's February 24th, 1998. And speaking of getting it up, this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer was called... Mm. And it features a Sam Spade-like voiceover from Angel, or Angelus, or whatever the fuck you want to call him, the entire time, being like, passion does this and passion does that. <laughs> you didn't like it, huh? No. Like, I, I don't know what they were going for, but whomever directed David Boreanaz and his voiceover, no. No. No, it's not... That was not the way, son. That was that's not what you were that's not what you're going for. It was too detached, too like I don't know. It just sounded bad. Well, I mean he's evil. Yeah, I know, but he shouldn't sound like a bored dateline dude. <laughs> then Then they suspected uh the the husband or whatever. What? Turns out it was the husband. Okay. You know how they do the, the whole, like, who killed who kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he, I think he was trying to be poetic, but you're right. He didn't, he didn't have any passion in his own voice. No. And it, it didn't, there was, his performance in the show was fine. You know, his acting performance in the episode was fine. But the voiceover... It just fell flat. There's, there was no dynamism to it at all. I just don't think there was supposed to be because that was the tone. The tone's flat. I mean, it's about death. and That's fine, I guess, but it doesn't work with this episode. It's not like they're going to be like, hey, everybody, guess what? <laughs> Welcome back to Slayer Talk, everyone. <laughs> Let me tell you about passion. Miss Calendar is dead. I'm about to fuck things up. Yeah, poor Jenny Calendar. Mm. Saw it coming, though. He did. It's it's awful watching things with you sometimes because, like, I don't know, five minutes into the show, he's like, so she's going to get killed. Well, they, they set it all up. Like, uh, they we haven't really talked to her in depth for several episodes, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, Giles, I love you. Let me, you know. They start doing stuff that can be easily, re like, read as a goodbye, and it's like, yeah, she's done. Yeah. Yeah, her and Buffy made peace, too. Poor Jennifer Calendar. It is broken. sad. I feel it bad. Sad. I feel bad for 
For Giles. Yes. Especially for Giles. And apparently she's the only one he's ever loved. Yeah, in the world. It's kind of crazy. Well, the only person he knows that has died that he loved. But it's kind Are of... Are his parents still alive? I don't know. Because if he didn't love his parents, so is he a sociopath or something? Do you think you have to be a sociopath to not love your parents? What if his parents are assholes? Well, how big of assholes would your parents <laughs> have to be for you to not love well, them? Well, he's British, so... Oh, yeah, that's true, I guess. You're right. <laughs> I forgot. They're not that very takes, feeling. That takes the emotions down 45%. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so this whole episode's just angel fucking with people. Yeah. And it, it starts out with just, like, the small things. He he leaves a picture of Buffy sleeping in Buffy's room at night. Yeah. Like, that like, he drew himself. Because apparently he's a great artist. Who I knew? guess. Well, he's a pretty good artist. He didn't really capture Jennifer, but... True, true. <laughs> he's a decent artist. He's like, look at this portrait I drew of you, Buffy. You invited me in once. Therefore, I can come in whenever I want to. Now... I mean, I know it would just be too easy or whatever, but it's annoying to watch him play cat and mouse. Like, just kill her. You know you could kill her. Yeah. Well, they, they, they hang a lampshade on that. Yeah. They, they talk about that because they have Charisma Carpenter. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Cordelia. Cordelia. They have her like, uh, she's the voice of the audience. Mm-hmm. Oh, why doesn't he just fucking strangle you or slash your throat or rip your heart out? Right. She goes into very, very graphic, detailed... <laughs> Ways that she could be killed by him. And she's like, oh, just trying to help. <laughs> and it's like, no, this is this is his way. He likes to fuck with people first. He likes to play. It's like a cat. Yep. Like cats really do play with their food. They, they'll they bat a fucking mouse around for hours before they kill it. Ugh, that's awful. Yeah, that's what they like. Aw. I love our cats so much that it makes me sad to think that they would be such big assholes. <laughs> I don't know if our cats would be, but in the wild, that's how they do it. Mm. I don't know if there's a reason for that or not. I don't know if the fear makes the mouse taste more delicious. <laughs> what? I think it's just entertainment. We should, we should market a brand of cat food now with fear. Oh, God. <laughs> we frightened these animals before we slaughtered them. Turned them into your food. Can you even imagine the... Cats come running for the real taste of fear. Wait, what? Just, I mean, imagine the animal rights people. Like, what in the <laughs> fuck they would do? Oh, it would be awful. Love. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> okay, so first he leaves that for Buffy. So she's like, oh, my God, I've got to figure out how to keep him out of my house. Because according to Giles, once they've been invited in, they are just always welcome. Yeah. Which is stupid. Okay. Don't you think? I don't know. I'm not sitting here writing vampire lore. <laughs> I, I remember that there you you have to invite him in. I know that. I don't know why they they turned that into a piece of vampire lore. If it's like, so they have to be more seductive or more underhanded, or if like if it's like you know when people were writing vampire stories, <laughs> it's like kids playing uh, chasing games or whatever, right? You're playing like tag or something like that, and somebody's writing a vampire story. I was like, but the house is safe. The house, the house is safe, though. I think it's just to add a level of complication because it would be too easy. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, like, they're already super strong. Yeah, it's like Superman. you got to find ways to depower him. Right. Or otherwise, he's just too good. It's the kryptonite, for sure. That's right. That's probably where the garlic came from. <laughs> and the, the crosses make sense because it's like a, there was always kind of a, a religious, pagan sort of relationship in literature between vampires and the vampire hunters. Sure. Makes sense. Um, next we see Willow, Willow. <laughs> who is on the phone talking to Buffy yeah. about the fact that Angel, um, has been invited to her house and, you know, no, she's she freaking didn't. out. She was just talking no. to, Willow was just talking to Buffy about the thing I said that, oh, Willow invited Angel into her I, house too. I, I, I know. I'm, I'm saying Buffy was talking about it to Willow. Oh, okay. Like, worrying about that. Willow was reassuring Buffy. I'm sorry. I apologize. The camera had this creepy stalker. Yeah. We cool. Uh, The camera had this creepy stalker angle. Good to know. And (laughs) didn't it feel, though, like, you know, we're watching her like he's there, like. I thought there was a chance that she could get killed. (laughs) I thought she was going to turn around and see him for sure. That's yeah, I thought it was going to be like a jump, like scare with like. Ah! But that an angel. That did not happen. No, instead, an envelope full of what I, I initially thought might be a wind chime. Yeah, or like I thought it was feathers on a. I'm like he he made her a decorative necklace. <laughs> well, how is that threatening? But you know, it it turns out to be her fish. Yeah. The whole time she was feeding her fish, standing in front of her fish tank, she didn't even notice there was no fucking fish in there. He did an arts and crafts project with her fish. I would notice if I were feeding my fish and they weren't there. You would think. She must have been real distracted. Right. But, yeah, that's pretty fucked up. So now she's scared. And then Cordelia is so stupid she's scared because I invited him in my car once. What was he? What was he doing in her car? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think the car. It doesn't work like that. No. It's just houses, right? Yeah, like that's stupid. Like he, he could always in, go in your car. He can come in any car he wants to. I, I believe. What if you so. sleep in your car? What if you're homeless and you're sleeping in your car? Then can he not come in the car? Hmm. Good question. Good question. <laughs> if you li- I think probably anywhere you live, you should be able to say they can't come. Right. That that's my call, but I don't know if uh Joss Wheaton would agree. Joss. <laughs> um so Buffy's really scared because she remembers that when Angel was messing with Drusilla, mm-hmm. the first thing he did was kill her family. Yes. So she's like, Oh my god, he can get in my house, my mom. Mom Yeah, she's very worried. So she tells her mom, Hey, remember that guy Angel? We were dating, and now he's stalking me. Right. So you need to, you know, just not let him in the house. And, like, right. the, the problem it's, he can already get in the house. What it's, the fuck? it's weird because she's like, what do I, they're talking to Giles and everything. She's like, what should, what should I tell my mom the truth? And he's like, no, no, that's, you can't do that. Like, and uh, so she starts telling the story, like you said, mm. where it's like, yeah, I dated this dude, and now he's stalking me. And I'm like, that's not better. Right? <laughs> than that's, just telling her the truth. That's terrifying. 
And and like Xander, she's like, why can't I tell her or whatever? And Xander's like, because the more people that know, it takes the thrill out of uh, it for us or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But like, they didn't really give a reason. No. Like, just. It's supposed to be secret or whatever because of vague, like, mass hysteria reasons. But I mean, like, so many people already know it is kind of ridiculous. It is. It's supposed to just be the Watcher and the Slayer. Which makes sense. Right. But you can't have a show where it's just the Watcher and the Slayer, so they had to bring other people into it. You can make a movie where it's just the Watcher and the Slayer, and then the other people in the Slayer's life don't really know what's going on, so there's all these complications and stuff, but you can't make a TV show like that. Yeah. It does not work. That premise stretches way too thin. Because otherwise, in a movie... Over a two-hour period of time, it, it can be, it can be believable that somebody doesn't pick up on it right away. They notice something's weird, but it's like it just adds to tension and complication. Over the course of twenty-two episodes of a one season of a show, your characters would have to be monumentally stupid to not understand what's going on. Right, for sure. Well, I already feel like a lot of the people in the sound must be monumentally stupid, or at least in some kind of denial. Well, the the principal seems to know what's going on, and so do some of the police. Because remember that one episode where he was like... True. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't know. They've never gone back to that, so I have no idea what's going on I there. think they know separately, though. It's like Buffy and Giles know because they're the Watcher and the Slayer. The police, the principal, there might be a whole group of, like, humans that know what's going on because it's the Hellmouth. Right. They might not even know that Buffy is the Slayer. Right. They might just be like, they might just have noticed it, and then they're like, well, we'll come up with these lies. Because they might be, it's like a conspiracy of convenience, Mm -hmm. where it's like they're not actually communicating with Buffy or Giles, but they both want the same thing, people not to panic. So they're essentially doing the same thing. Right. Yeah. So, Angel shows up at Buffy's house. Yeah, to talk to Mom. And he just plays right into the stalker thing. Like, he doesn't even question it. Do you think he was trying to do that? Like, do you think you think he was leaning into that on purpose? I don't know. I, I, I mean, when she said, like, Buffy said, you know, you were dating or whatever, I think that just gave him. Yeah. Well, I can't live without her. Yeah. And she can't live without me. Are you threatening her? I'll die without her and she'll die without me. Yeah. It's a weird fucking thing to say. Yeah. So then, like, she's trying to get in the house and she finally gets the door open and Buffy and Willow are finishing performing the spell. Except before he, he, before he, before she gets in, he says, I can't stop thinking about her ever since we slept together yeah ever since we made love oh fucking kiss and tell man what an ass yeah that's not the way for her mom to find out that's not gentlemanly no yeah so they they managed to kick him out they managed to lock him out yeah and now her mom's all freaking out and talking to buffy because oh my god you know you're not a virgin anymore at 17 or whatever oh my god you 17 year old (laughs) hot blonde have had sex (laughs) with one guy one time oh my goodness what a scandal. <laughs> she, I mean, she did seem kind of like, I don't know, she was like, you made a mistake and, yeah, you know, like, what the fuck? Well, the, she's like, she, it, it seems very overprotective, mm-hmm. but she was like, you did this with a boy that you didn't even, d- 
deem worthy enough to tell me you were dating. I think it was more the secrecy that she didn't like. Mm. The fact that, like, out of the blue, maybe she would have been able to mentally prepare herself if she knew she had a steady boyfriend. Yeah, that makes sense. And that might be part of the reason. I guess that would be hurtful to not know your daughter had a boyfriend. Right. Especially one that she was serious enough with that they fucked. Yeah. That she fucked the soul out of him. <laughs> so, in the meantime, Ms. Calendar is flirting with Giles. Yeah. And he I love basically... You so much. Yeah, she says... I, I know I'd fall in love yeah, with you. She does. She says she loves him. And uh, he, she's That's like... That's what you know, I knew. That's what I knew. She was dead. <laughs> well, she's like, you know, I'm sorry for what I did or whatever, you know. And, and he's like, I'm not the one that you need to make it up to. What the fuck, Giles? Like, yeah, that just forgive make, her. That doesn't make any sense to me because it's like, yeah, I understand that she hurt Buffy and she needs to make amends with Buffy, but Buffy's not in your and her relationship. Right. So you can also separately forgive her. But he doesn't. He withholds that. Yeah. And so she gets to work deciding she's going to try to get Angel's soul back. And she's going to do it on her own because she's been frozen out by the, these people. And yeah, would have been so much better if they did this together. Yeah. Well, and, you know, she wants it to kind of be a surprise, I think, for Giles and right. Buffy. And, well, he got a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so, Not the one she was intending, but he got a surprise. So I don't really understand this. I think this is just because Drusilla is a psychic, I guess. Apparently she is. I didn't realize she was. She's hanging out. With uh, Angel and Spike. Mm-hmm. Angel and Spike are having words. She brought Spike a puppy to eat. Yeah. Spike is, like, they man, they fucking neutered the shit what, out of him. They're like, what the fuck is going on? He's just in a wheelchair the whole time. He's a vampire heel. Yeah, what the, the fuck? This doesn't make any sense. I, I'm, I'm really kind of getting sick of this. Yeah. Like, let him out of the chair. Um... But so that's all going on, and then all of a sudden she doubles over. No! That's when she knew what was happening? I was like, did you get gas from that, uh, <laughs> right? From the person you ate? Because um, the next thing we know, she's at the magic shop with the dog, saying the dog told her. So nobody's well, eaten did, the dog yet. Did you fall asleep? No. Okay. Because she did say an old enemy is, you know, like, Trying to fucking break up our happy home or whatever. Okay. And then, yes, then she goes to the shop that uh, Marie Callender was at and says, what are you talking about with bad teacher? Yeah. So she finds out what Miss Callender's up to mm-hmm. and tells Angel. Yeah. And he goes to stop her. Right. Like, and, he, and he can get into the school because the sign in the school in Latin says... Uh, enter all who seek knowledge or whatever. You know, apparently it's an open invitation. He's been in the school lots of times before. Yeah, it's it, not a surprise. Yeah, it wasn't a surprise to me. I, I don't understand why they needed to hand wave that. I guess just because the being invited was a feature of the episode, they wanted yeah, to address it. I suppose, but yeah, I mean, he was in the boiler room that one time mm-hmm. helping out Xander and shit. So, but um. He goes after Miss Calendar, who has just, like, 
deciphered from some old text, you know, translated into English so that she knows how to give him his soul back. She used a computer program to fill in the missing pieces of this Romanian incantation Mm -hmm. and then translate it to English. She's like, yes, this will work. This will do it. She saved it to a floppy disk because she is a responsible person. Sorceress. She's a responsible uh, pagan techie or whatever they right. call. And but she's also printing it out. And Angelus doesn't understand computers, so all he knows is that oh, it's in the computer, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's on the printer. So he destroys the computer, yeah, and burns the paper. And he thinks that's it; it's gone. Hmm. But it's still on the disc. Unfortunately, though, Miss Calendar does not have the disc on her. No. And he chases her down, and as you predicted, breaks her neck. And she's done. But where the fuck is the floppy disk? Right. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what she was working on to even be looking for it. Right. The only guy who did is the shop owner who I'm guessing is probably dead. Oh, I'm guessing he's dead too, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so earlier in the episode, Ms. Callender had asked Willow if she could like, cover for her for a few minutes if she was going to be late to class, which is weird. Right. And but I guess because Willow knows so much about computers. I guess. So then when Miss uh, Calendar is dead and they need to find a replacement, they ask Willow to sub in. till the new teacher comes in. She's a student. Like, yep. don't you have that hotline they call to get substitute teachers? Don't know. What the fuck? But apparently she's going to teach a class for, like, a couple weeks. So they can get a new teacher in. Yeah. So we see at the very end of the episode that this disc is on the floor between the desk and whatever. Yeah. But again, no one's looking for it. No one knows what's on it. Yeah. Who knows if we'll ever see it? Because like you pointed out, uh, they leave all kinds of shit open. Yeah. There's a fucking egg that, that, right? uh, from the praying mantis lady. And they did, I guess, sort of. Uh, you know, point out the cheerleader thing and the cheerleader trophy. Right. They yeah, did, they did. <laughs> they did They did point that out one time. Its so eyes I, are following. I guess that came back. But <laughs> there's been other things they've done that have not come back. Like, remember those those kids or whatever they took to the fucking that in government institute or whatever? At the end of that one episode, they were just going into a class and like... Yeah. Yeah, that didn't come back. Huh. That's true. I can't remember what they were. I feel like this has to come back, though, because it's the solution to an ongoing problem. Well, yeah, they need to get Angel's soul back in his body. I mean, it's cool that they figured out how to do that. I don't know if they realized that that was even a possibility. I thought she was going to, like, with her dying breath, like, hand it to Giles or Uh something. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Angel fucking set it up at Giles, his house. Like, she was supposed to be going over there. And how did he even know that? But Who knows? Yeah, and he set up, like, he was playing opera music. He had a rose on the door. Mm-hmm. Petals he, all over the yeah. place. A note that says upstairs. And I'm upstairs on the bed for you, spread eagle. <laughs> and he goes up there, and she's on the bed fucking dead. Yeah. It's just so awful and heartbreaking. It was really sad for, this, for Giles. This is a gut-wrenching episode, honestly. And so then Giles decides... That he's going to fucking beat the fuck out of Angel. Which, you know, I'm sorry. I know, like, Buffy's like, oh, you you can't do that. But, like, good for him. 
You know, he needed to do something. I, I mean, I know yeah. he didn't succeed, but I'm sure he felt better just that he had to fucking punch him and hit him and stuff. He throws a Molotov cocktail <laughs> into their lair. Right. And then what I think is funny, too, is they know where these vampires are, but they don't go and kill them. There's only three of them there. Yeah. They've got three vampires they could get during the day. The vampires have access to them at night. Somebody should kill somebody, but they don't. Right. So, yeah, he throws a Molotov cocktail in there. There's fire all over the place. Then he just has a flaming fucking bat <laughs> and starts beating the shit out of Angel. It was hilarious. And, and you know, Angel let him do it for a few, and then he picked him up by the neck, so right. whatever. And then Buffy came in and, you know, beat the hell out of him for a while. Right. And then... They did that classic thing where he's like, "Hey, your 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 buddy's in danger, though. It's, yeah. There's a fire down there, so you have to let me go." And so she lets him go, and then he runs off. But much like a cat and mouse, you know, she was just punching him over and over. Yeah. So she's just messing with him too. She should stake him. Yeah. And she exactly. doesn't. She apologizes to Giles about later. Like that's a point you brought you you brought a point up that I never thought about before too. Hmm. The day. If they know where their lair is, just go there during the day. They have to be asleep or whatever. Kill right? them. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, if they did, there'd be no show. Yeah. But that's uh, that's the episode. That's how it goes. That is it. All right. So, Carol, tell the people everything. So, you can write us at latefee1994aol.com. Yep. Check out our website at www.retroleapfee.com yep. and share the tapes with your friends. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.